Welcome to Trial by Wine. We take a closer look at crimes that highlight how fascinating humans can be. Schmitty, Swanee and Clarky visit crimes and run them through their jury of three, debating both sides of the case to agree an appropriate, if totally fictitious, sentence. Please be advised, Trial by Wine may include explicit or disturbing content and will include drunken rambling. Listener discretion is advised. All right. How are we all at this very fine early mark? <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. What a mm. shock this is. Yeah. It is a little bit of a shock to the system, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, just for reference, we've had some scheduling issues and uh, Swanee's got a jam-packed day of stuff today, so made the suggestion that we do an early morning trial by wine. So um, I'm actually trial by almond milk latte and Kahlua, not wine, today. <laughs> Fancy. Straight into what Very you're drinking. Nice. Oh yeah, no prevarication here. We're we're on the we're on the clock, mate. We're on the clock. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> How about you guys? How are you going? Very well for a Sunday morning. I've come straight via the uh the buffet, the breakfast buffet. I was thinking if I would, I would have gone and <laughs> well actually let's be honest, I was straight out of bed, but um <laughs> that's Perth for you. But I was thinking if I had to add what I would have got. If I would have gone through the breakfast buffet, maybe a little Bloody Mary with a little bit of extra Tabasco mm. and Worcestershire. Mm. Quite fancy one of those. I have so you don't have to organise it myself at this hour. It's not yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have sent Tony off to the Seven Eleven to get me some orange juice so I can have a mimosa because you suggested it. And I thought, it's yeah, so mimosa, funny. Yeah. You're not going to believe this. Yesterday I had the kids out, you know, doing mumsy taxi kind of stuff, and I went down a back street that I've never been down before and – there was, and people who are in Perth probably groan when they hear this because they've probably seen it a million times, but I'd never been there. There was a, a lovely happening little cafe called Mimosa and outside, like everyone was sitting having sort of like, I guess, a brunch and there were a, a couple and they had mimosas. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so bizarre. So I just sent the suggestion saying we'll have to have mimosas over our trial by mimosas. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we just, for the breakfast slot, we do trial by mimosas. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> idea. Yeah. yeah. And, and it, there's something okay about that, you know. I don't know we might why. Have to go, we, I don't, it looks very popular. So maybe um, when everyone makes it to Perth, we can do a no, little bit of a visit to mimosas. It was trendy for some period of time to have champagne breakfast or champagne and chicken for breakfast. Yes, yes. Why specifically chicken? Yeah, that's like true thing. actually. Why yeah. is that? It's sort of like it's every weird. morning thing you had, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were, what was that drink you used to drink? You were always champagne with Kia Royale, is it? Is that you? Oh, yes, yes, that's a champagne cocktail. So, um Oh, God, that's just jumped into my mind. That's you, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I'm not getting yeah. confused with someone yes, else who used yes, to do it. Yes, yes, I would have that. <laughs> Definitely because, a Schmitty memory for Well, me. actually, Auntie um, Barbara put me onto the oh, champagne cocktails or the Key Royals. But yeah. also um, if you just have a champagne, glass of champagne with a cube of sugar and some bitters in it at the bottom, that's a standard champagne cocktail. So, yes, I did used to uh, partake. I oh, still on occasion. How very too. 70s. I was born in the 70s. Definitely. Why not stick with it, hey? It was a good decade. Um, yes, it does feel decadent. No, no, but the whole chicken thing, I'm, what? Chicken for breakfast? I, I, anyway. Well, it was knows? always brunch when you did chicken and champagne breakfast. <laughs> was it? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, nine o'clock before the races. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brunch, yeah. yeah. I think that's anyway. where that comes from, is it? it Probably. Feels like I think it's a racist thing. The racist yeah. memory, yeah. even from someone who's not from Melbourne, feels like yeah. that's where it originated. So, uh, uh 
Wu and um, Clarkie, what are you drinking? Well, being a morning, uh, we are having a V8 Purple Power uh, juice, which is very healthy, and we have mm-hmm. a splash of uh, absolute acai berry <laughs> vodka in it. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say it looked like lush. red wine. I was like, oh, my God, they're having a morning it, red. It did. It looked like red wine. <laughs> it does it's look funny. like that. It's funny because until I decided or well, asked Tony to go and get some orange juice, I was just going to have my V, you know, um, with guarana and put some vodka oh, in it and goodness. like a Red Bull. And then I Jesus. thought, oh, no, that's just a little bit too harsh for yes. Sunday morning. I'll just go for a nice little uh, uh, coffee with some Kahlua, a little Irish you, coffee. You could almost drink this at work. It's nice. It's, it's a bit <laughs> fruity. It's good for you. Depends um, what your job was, perhaps. Mm, well, I don't know. Depends who you work yeah. with. Sometimes yeah. it's <laughs> purely medicinal. Mm. <laughs> and Swanee, nothing? <laughs> no, Bloody Mary. No, I just brushed my teeth. There we go. Uh, no DC? Not even. No, no. way no. too early no. for that. No. Two-hour difference now, which is uh, is interesting that it's creating more of a scheduling issue than less of one because of the daylight savings change. But we'll work through it. Exactly. So for you guys, has is it? Oh, it's two-hour difference now. We're two hours ahead of you. So is it earlier for you than it normally would? Did you lose the hour? No, we gained the hour because our clocks went back. Yep. Do you know what? The only reason I say that because I've been watching people overseas saying the same thing, but that was last weekend because it was Mother's Day. They They lost an hour. That's Mm. right. Because they go forward, we go back. And Perth does nothing. It's just does nothing. It's strange. It's Perth. That's how it's nice and safe. Yeah. All right. So I suppose we should introduce ourselves for those people who've just discovered us. I'm Schmitty. I'm Swanee. And I'm Clarky. And together we are. Trial by Why? Vino and, and Kalua and, <laughs> and imaginary Purple Power and Vodka. Yeah. <laughs> mm. oh, All right. So, Clarky, do you have a story for us today? You are incredible. I actually do have a story <laughs> for you. For that. Despite if you said no, that would be a bit of a trouble. Yes. Yeah, you know how sometimes you pull the story together literally at the last minute? Mm-hmm. I yep. don't know why, but I managed to do this one a little bit earlier, so a couple of days earlier. So when we had the scheduling change, I was good to go, which uh, shocked me a little because otherwise I would have been up at five o'clock trying to pull it all together. But <laughs> there you go. Um, so, yes, I do have a story. Um the last couple I think I've done have been actually quite disturbing and quite depressing. Um, mm-hmm. I'll agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to say this one isn't, but I do, it's not going <laughs> to it's not going to have that um, continual bit to the point where we actually go. You know what? Can we skip ahead just... a little because <laughs> this is just affecting oh, us was, too much? I've got to say that was extraordinary. That oh, one, yeah. God, it was awful. I'm pretty tough, but it was like, oh. Man, I'm depressed now. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, so this one isn't going to be um, pleasant, but hopefully it won't have that just long drawn out thing. And, and then there'll be some solid discussion afterwards, I think. But I'm going to start by saying that I have a trigger warning. Um, so today's story is one of suicide and maybe a trigger for some. So please use your discretion before continuing. Um, and if you or someone you know is experiencing mental health crisis, uh, please call Lifeline on one three double one one four. Right here. So today's story is about Conrad Roy and Melissa Carter. You'll be Conrad Roy, someone. It sounds like it's out of Succession. Not that I watch it, but it sounds like he's a. 
Well, I, I don't know what succession is. Yeah, it? well, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what succession is, but it's funny you say that because he's actually Conrad Roy the Third, and his dad's name is Conrad, and his grandfather's name is Conrad. So there's definitely some succession going yeah, on there. That's right. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> to be fair, I have only watched the show once or twice, but I do know it's huge. But it feels like they talk about the Roy. I don't know. I could be wrong. Sorry, that was a bit random for me to. That's all right. Head we like a good segue. Yeah, I'll well, find out who that is. It's not, it's not them. Good okay. old Sagu. Yep. So I have some sources for you. Um, so the first one is Wikipedia, which is always helpful. Uh, the New York Times, which is uh, very credible. Uh, Women's Health Magazine. I can't tell you a lot about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, LAFashionBuzz.com. It uh, doesn't sound oh. particularly... Um, Credible. I'm sure it's excellent. But yeah. I'm sure it's good, yep. Salon.com. It's like Ladies Lad Bible. Yeah, Ladies Salon.com. Ooh. <laughs> I said there's a theme emerging here, though. I have a feeling these people have something to do with hair or cos- cosmetics or fashion. But, yeah, keep going. Uh, Salon, Ladies yeah, Fashion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the last one is, in fact, Lad Bible. Hey! Yes. Yes. Very proud of you. Well done. Uh, well one, done. Thank you. Thank one you. of our I faves. do appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had to squeeze it in. Um, now, I'll also say, so this was, as I said, I planned this story a couple of days ahead. So um, that's the sources that I had when I planned it. We actually were watching Stan yesterday, and there is a um, series out on this story called The Girl from Plainville. So we oh, thought that's why I knew the name. There you go. I've so been we thought on the radio. That's we'll, why. Yeah. So we thought brilliant. We'll watch <gasps> it. So yep. we started binge watching, but there's only three episodes released in Australia, so um, uh, we didn't get to the end. But so some of what I say may now be influenced by that as well. There okay. we go. The penny has dropped. That's why it will have been in my conscious because I've heard that name in the last week or so. Have right. you seen it the radio or have you just ad? heard it being no, advertised? No, I've heard, I've seen the um, the trailer or whatever, but I've heard it advertised on radio quite extensively over here. They right. keep saying the Conrad Roy's Conrad name. Roy. That's why I've heard it. Uh-huh. But the Roy family apparently is from Succession, so that's where I was getting my wires crossed. Of course, you're oh, all oh, over I the just, pop culture. I was going to say, I don't think you wires are crossed. I think you're <laughs> nailing it. I think you were right on well, both I know, I watched it. Smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> She, I tell you, queen of pop culture. Mm-hmm. Straight out of bed, straight into it. Straight out of bed. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, you don't skip a beat. Um, <laughs> all right. So do you want me to tell you the story? Yes, please. please. Do. Great. Okay. So uh, Conrad Roy was born in 1995. Um, in What? <laughs> yep. Who what? was born after 1990? I mean, this is outrageous. <laughs> oh, goodness. I know, right? Well, so young. Okay, sorry. I was expecting 1970, 1950, with a name like Conrad Roy. Yeah, no, no, this is super recent. Super recent. Yeah, okay. Uh, In Matapoise, I think it's pronounced, but I could be wrong. Um, Okay. Massachusetts. Uh, He was sometimes socially anxious attending school and going to the classroom. He worked with his father, grandfather, and uncle for several years in his family's marine salvage business. Uh, Tucker Roy Marine Towing and Salvage in the New England area. In the spring of 2014, he earned his captain's licence from the Northeast Maritime Institute by completing three months of night classes. In June 2014, he graduated uh, on the honour roll from Old Rochester Regional High School in Mattapoise. 
He was an all-round high school athlete who played basketball, rode, crew, and ran track. He graduated with a 3.88 GPA and was accepted to Fitchburg State University to study business, but at that point decided not to go. So that's a very brief... This, this is going to jump around a little bit. I found it hard to put it all together. Anyway, uh, so he was... Uh, Carter, who is Michelle Carter, uh, was born on August 11th, 1996 in Massachusetts to Gail and David Carter. She went to King Philip Regional High School, Rentham. She had developed an eating disorder from the age of eight or nine, may have injured herself by cutting and was prescri- uh, was on prescription psychiatric medication from the age of 14 and mm. attended counselling at McLean Hospital in Belmont. Poor kid. Okay. Yeah, poor kid. So Carter and Conrad Roy met in Florida in 2012 whilst they were both visiting relatives. So they were only there for a couple of days. I'm going to um, the girl from Plainville because it was easier to understand, but they were probably there together for a few days. They caught up, probably had one or two good days together. You're telling me that the people who put that um, documentary together did a better job. Than me. After, <laughs> 100% they did. I'm probably following Matt now. <laughs> uh, I, I would like to say that anyone who puts a show together on any of the stories I tell you uh, will have done a better job than me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they had a couple of days together and then uh, over the course of the next two years, they only saw each other again a handful of times, despite having lived only about uh, 35 miles or 56 kilometres away from each other in the Boston suburbs. Instead, they mostly exchanged text messages and emails. According to court documents, Roy had allegedly been physically hit by his father and verbally abused by his grandfather. He tried to kill himself in October 2012 while despondent after his parents divorced. After learning that he was planning to kill himself, Carter repeatedly discouraged him from attempting suicide in 2012 and 2014 and encouraged him to get professional help. This is super important, right? So Mm -hmm. after he tried to kill himself, she discouraged him and uh, encouraged him to get help. To get help, yeah. Yeah. However, her attitude changed in July 2014 when she started thinking that it would be a good thing to help him die in June. Sorry, to help him die. In June, Roy texted (laughs) Carter suggesting they act like Romeo and Juliet, checking that she understood. That's quite a turnaround. Yeah. Actually, I think it would be a good idea for you to die. It is. Uh, and in that, June. It's a very... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, very... Not in June. That was, you know that was a read error. Oh, I know. <laughs> Poor Clark. He's yeah, so yeah. early. Uh, purple, purple power to <laughs> the rescue. Purple power. Purple power. Have a sip. Okay, so... Quite, you're right. You're right. That's quite significant. Get it, help, you know, do the right... Oh, actually, correct. no, let me help you kill yourself. That's great. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, uh, yes. And that, that's at the heart of the story. Um, mm. I just want to say every time I make a slip up, I'm going to have to have purple power as penance, which could help or it could make it worse. So um, (laughs) let's see how that goes. Uh, So, yeah, he suggested that they act like Romeo and Juliet and checking that she understood that they each had to kill themselves. So he suggested that? He suggested that, yes. Okay. Um, So he struggled with social anxiety and depression for which he had seen several therapists and counsellors, including a cognitive behavioural therapist in the weeks prior to his death. He had been hospitalised for an acetaminophen paracetamol overdose at the age of 17. Uh, He was talking to a girl he had met in a group and she called the police. He had been taking the antidepressant citalopram, also known as Celexa, for some time. 
Uh, in the United States, citalopram carries a boxed warning stating it may increase suicidal thinking and behaviour in those aged under 24. Oh, it's a good idea to prescribe it then to a 17 or 18-year-old boy. Yeah, yeah, what could go wrong? Um, And and just to that point, in 2016, the judge had refused the defence's request for funds to hire an expert on Selexa, describing it as speculative. So the defence being on The defence of the drug company? No, no, on Carter, um, because she will will explore that a little bit later. But the defence said that was probably why he killed himself. And the judge said, no, that's speculative. Right. Okay. So interesting that on the box it says it could actually do that. He kills himself and they say, no, no, it's speculative. So uh, on Sunday the 13th of July 2014, following digital exchanges with Carter while interacting with his family, Roy died by suicide by poisoning himself with carbon monoxide fumes in his truck in a Kmart parking lot in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. So on that day he spent most of the day with his mum. Um, again, we're going back to the girl from Plainville here. <laughs> so they had, you know, went out for lunch, I think it was, had a good chat. He'd just recently come back from working uh, with his dad uh, on the ship and then he and Michelle started uh, texting. So that was on the 13th of July uh, and uh, just by way of rounding out, his funeral was held on uh, Saturday, July 19, St Anthony's Church and the Captain Conrad H. Roy III Scholarship Fund at the Northeast Maritime Institute was established in his memory. There's a, as I said, there's a history of these two, not so much catching up in person, but texting each other extensively. And there's literally, you know, hundreds and hundreds and pages and pages of text messages that investigators had to go through to understand a little bit more about what happened. Is this the ad that says, and the evidence is there's thousands of text messages? Is that the ad? I haven't about. heard that. I have ad, heard that. Yeah, haven't yeah, connected yeah, it yeah, to the story, but yes, yeah, when right. you talk about thousands of pages or thousands yeah, of texts, you're right, that's got it. it. Yeah, so so when, again, girl from Plainville, uh, when he when he passed. Can I ask, where's Plainville? Is that in Florida where they met? Boston, suburbs oh, so of Boston. Actually where they yeah, yeah, so they lived only sort of 56 k's okay. away, um, which I think was about an hour's drive. Because it's funny, I did give some thought as to whether or not I would have called the series that. I thought, hmm. Not sure about the name of it. No, it doesn't. It, there's no obvious connection to the storyline. No. But so, on, like, after. What about Death Whisperer? I don't even know their story, by the way. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just thinking Truth Stretcher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's the equivalent of a Truth Stretcher so, in this kind of yeah, scenario? Yeah. A Death Whisperer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so HBO did a two part documentary on the case and they called it. I love you, now die, the Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. So, you know, we've gone from like one extreme to the other, one that is really hardcore and the other is just completely um, no connection. The girl from Plainville could be anything. It's like intentionally sort of Mm -hmm. like vague. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think Mm. so. She could have been a quilter or something. That's right. Um, so on the on the after his death, Michelle was very much um, about getting sympathy for herself, and you know she was um, an odd character. She'd had counselling and and um, was on medication and those sorts of things. And I think she was socially awkward a little bit, so she, she wasn't super close to friends. And and in this uh, in the episodes we watched, 
the friends that she did have were kind of a little bit, oh, here she comes yeah, sort of thing. especially at school. and When you spoke about his um, previous uh, overdose when he took the paracetamol, yeah. you said something about a girl who was in a group. Yes. Was that like a group chat? A or... counselling group. Oh, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I had this idea of him being quite socially away from people or isolated and maybe being on a group chat or something and so and saying yes. I've just taken a ton of these things and someone calling the um, thing. So, right, a yep. counsellor, sorry. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, uh, within the dozens of pages of text messages gathered by investigators, the conversations carried out on the day of Roy's death are amongst the most unsettling in the case. Carter's up. Carter started out the day exactly uh, texting Roy about his plans to kill himself and, ur- <laughs> and urging him not to put it off any longer. You, what? You keep pushing it off and you say you'll do it, but you never do. It's always going to be that way if you don't take action, she wrote, adding. Oh, my God, this is the kind of stuff I say to Jeremy about the jobs around the house. When I is it going exactly to be done? The same yeah. When is it going to be done? Thinking- I was thinking the same. Tony, put your clothes yeah, away. I know. Just, Why you can't I... leave the laundry just lying around. I know. When are you going to fix the letterbox? When? It's been like that for months. So Can it be now? I, I don't. I want you to understand that those comments are actually okay unless you're talking about somebody committing suicide. <laughs> suicide. In which case, I think, not okay. I think the point was, you know, what Carla and I are getting at is that we, we commonly nag. But it's, it's not about, nail, but yeah, 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 yeah. But not about things like this. Well, I, I, Will you just get to it? No. Yes. <laughs> I guess I'm just watch. I'm saying watch yourself because it's a slippery slope, right? If you start <laughs> start off with it, starts with the clothes on the ground and the sweeping the floors. Oh, yeah. And if you're oh. not careful. I'll end up saying I love you, but will you just die? Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Here's a bottle of Tylenol. Yes. Oh, how horrid. Yep. Um, she added, uh, you're just making it harder on yourself by pushing it off. You just have to do it. In her text, Carter went on to instruct Roy about taking his truck to a parking lot in broad daylight. When oh, Roy voiced concerns that this might look suspicious, Carter insisted that it wasn't. It's less suspicious. You won't think about it as much and you'll get over it Sorry, you'll get it over with uh, instead of waiting until night. Later, she asked. She's kind of like the opposite of a life coach. Yeah, death coach. Death whisperer. Death whisperer. Death coach. Yeah, that's right. Uh, later, she was asking if he was ready. I guess Roy replied, mentioning he was freaking out again and overthinking the decision. Overthinking? Yeah, I don't yeah. think you can overthink oh, that one. No, I think I that. I think you need to that overthink that needs a that lot one. of thinking, yes. <laughs> That's right. Oh, no. So then she says, I thought you wanted to do this. The time is right and you're ready. You just need to do it. You can't keep living this way, Carter wrote. You just need to do it like you did last time and not think about it and just do it, babe. You can't keep doing this every day. Roy said he did want to move forward with his plan, but admitted again that he was freaking out for his family. Carter went on to suggest that she would be there for them after his death. I told you I'll take care of them. She's She's good. I'll take care of them. She has never met the mum, and I don't think she met the dad. No. Um, No relationship to them. She's this text message girl. But she'll take care of them. And that's the same with her family, her parents. Mm. Have Uh, never met him. So everyone will take. Oh, he, oh, right, okay, right. Yeah, they met the grandma. Were they aware of them though? Were they, were they aware? Hang of on, no. hang not on. at all. How could she take care of them when she's supposed to kill herself too? No, she's not. No, no. He suggested that. She, oh, she said no. Yeah, thanks. yeah. She, she didn't go it. through with that. 
Um, yeah, yeah. She didn't go through with it. I thought at the I thought it was a pact to start with. No, was no, no, never no. They discussed that as a, as something, but it was never what they uh, were going to do. Not agreed, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. What so. did she say? Oh, cute idea, but no, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, in in the girl, cute, cute. <laughs> in, no. in in the girl from Plainville, yeah, she comes no. out saying Conrad's dead, and the mum goes, "Who's Conrad? Who's Conrad? Yeah, sitting there having so, Yeah, so she's acting yeah. like. They're going well, to get sad. married. They're the best of, you know, they're in love, blah, blah, blah. And the parents are going, I've never heard of him. Who is he? <laughs> and crocodile <laughs> tears. and uh-huh, uh-huh, Oh, I've been uh-huh, death coaching uh-huh. this guy for a couple of years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like post-show blues, you know. I've been working really hard on this and now it's over. And you're yeah. like, oh, what do I do with myself now? Yeah. <laughs> so I told you I'd take care of them. Uh, everyone will take care of them to make sure they won't be alone and people will help them get through it, she wrote. Later, Roy and Carter continued to exchange texts until a final string of messages yielded no response from Roy. That evening, Roy drove... She wasn't even with him. No. Oh, because uh, yeah, he's gone off to do the job. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that evening, Roy drove his pickup truck to an empty parking lot and turned on a gas-powered water pump causing lethal carbon monoxide to seep into his vehicle. Other texts from Melissa over um, the period of their texting, not just that day. Melissa, say things, isn't it Michelle? Yeah, yeah. Gary, Sorry, Gary Michelle. Carter. Hang on. And Gary. Purple. Yeah, she's gone, gone to hospital. And that, what's it, Ellen what? Um, Sharma. Ellen Page. Yeah. Oh, no, that's a, no, oh, that's Elaine, that's Page. a Elaine, Elaine Page. Elaine Page, Page. that oh, new prison. More purple power. Yeah. <laughs> Upstate New York. This is either going to go right. get much better or much worse. Um, uh, other texts from Carter said, said uh, drink bleach, just drink bleach. Oh, well, we covered that in a previous episode. Do not drink bleach. Yeah, and it mm. won't cure coronavirus. No, it won't. And why haven't you done it yet, though? I feel like that needs to be in. Um... That's very Vicky Pollard. Oh, oh yeah. no, I no, what's the other one? Yeah. Lauren, yeah. What? Why haven't you done it yet, though? Have you done it, though, yet? <laughs> Ain't you got a mirror? <laughs> it's a Lord your shepherd, miss. That's it. That's um, what I think. There's something about miss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So another conversation obtained from CNN showcased a separate instance when Carter encouraged Roy to end his life. Oh, I'm going to read this one. So this is really buckle in. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So this is, this is them talking. I think your parents know you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it but I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know there is nothing they can do. They've tried helping, everyone's tried, but there is a point that comes where there isn't anything anyone can do to save you, not even yourself. And you've hit that point. And I think your parents know you've hit that point. You said your mum saw a suicide thing on your computer and she didn't say anything. I think she knows it's on your mind and she's prepared for it. Everyone will be sad for a while, but they will get over it and move on. They won't be in depression. I won't let that happen. They know how sad you are and they know that you are doing this to be happy and I think they will understand and accept it. They will always carry you in their hearts. Conrad says, oh, thank you, Michelle. Oh, I want to punch her in the face. Mm -hmm. They will move on for you because they know that's what you would have wanted. They know you wouldn't want them to be sad and depressed and be angry and guilty. They know you want them to live their lives and be happy. So they will for you. You're right. You need to stop thinking about this and just do it because your overthinking always kills. Overthinking. I'm not sure it's the overthinking. 
Uh, Roy says, yeah, it does. I've been thinking about it for too long. Carter, always smile. And yeah, you have to just do it. You have everything you need. There is no way you can fail. Tonight is the night. It's now or never. It's now or or never. never. And do I understand that to be not the actual day that he did kill himself? Mm -hmm. This is another occasion? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's... that's, She's just been pushing. No wonder she was getting a little bit sort of short with him. She was sort of, you know... Come on. How many times? She'd been trying. I know. How many times do I have to encourage you? In the context of a life coach, it's like you've got to take responsibility. (laughs) You've got to be the change you want. She literally is the reverse of a life coach. Yeah, she's She's horrid. She uses the same sort of, you know, speak. Mm. It's, you know, let me allay your fears because if you do this... It will put into place, you know, these people will be okay. It yeah. will help. Oh, so gosh. at this point, coming. she sounds like a bit of a monster, right? Almost a bit predatory. Mm. I would say not almost a bit. I would definitely say she feels like she's, she's well, I don't think she's very well manipulative and yeah. Yeah, and, and so that's the bit that we're going to explore now. So Carter and Roy's history of mental illness was brought up often throughout the trial. Both grappled with their mental health and had gone to therapy and counselling. But psychiatrist Dr Peter Bregan also argued that Carter's medications had altered her mental state. Whilst testifying, he said that in April 2014, a doctor changed Carter's prescription to five milligrams of Celexa. She had also been prescribed Prozac. Bregan said the drugs had made Carter transform from a lifelong helper to an apathetic manic depressive, according to mass live so that's that switch when she's going you need to get help you need to you know yeah and to your point swanee around her language she's done therapy for a long time yes Mm. yes she's she's learned the language as well yeah Mm. could i ask you a question clarky in the stuff that you've seen do do you see that switch around about that time in the way she's communicating with him in terms of do i see it as in the girl from plainville yeah we we only got to see three episodes because the rest haven't been released in australia yet so um, no more just more just in your notes so, or in your so one, 100% in, in the notes, it's exactly the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. So it's not just a convenient, there was Excuse definitely you. a switch. So, so in for terms two of... years, she yes. was discouraging him. And then wow. in April, she changes medication. He dies in yes. July, July of yep. that year. Yep. Oh, wow. That yeah, yeah. Push. And that's, yeah, okay. that's when she's badgering him. Exactly. Right. That. Is, that is. Okay. It's incredible, Scary. right? Mm. Yeah. Well, it is. It is. But it's amazing what medication can do to people. It, it's it's incredible. Like even, you know, when I've, I've, a friend of mine who um, her partner went through, uh, tra- you know, changed into uh, gender change, went yep. from a female to male. And, and my friend talks about how the hormonal shift alone changed behavior not like just 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 different like a female as a female would have responded to a situation quite differently to once the um hormones had changed to more testosterone just responded differently emotionally to a situation and that's your hormones let alone whatever these synthetic things are going into you and causing your brain to respond in certain ways it's yeah. quite scary yeah so uh during this time we see her having adverse reactions to the drugs a remarkable nightmare series in which the devil actually tells her to kill herself, uh, he explained. She's still so afraid of the devil that months later she still sleeps with her little doggy because she's so scared of the devil. What were the drugs supposed to be doing to her? Uh, well, so Selexa uh, is an antidepressant, so um, it's supposed to be cheering but her up. 
That's quite that's, a side effect. But that's the one that said uh, if you're under 25, it can cause you it to be correct. suicidal. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Right. and she's under 25 as well. So she's I've, 17, 18. I think I'm showing my own naivety when it comes to mental health in this statement I'm about to make. I would have thought that if you were prescribing a medication for someone to you know, avoid depression, that surely suicide would be a fairly likely outcome, or not likely outcome, but a potential outcome of someone who is depressed. So the fact that that's a warning suggests that that drug doesn't do the job it's supposed to. What does it do? Well, 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 it well might, what are the benefits if that's the yeah. side effect? That's, it, it might work okay I'm with people something. who are over 25 because your hormones okay. are different and your brain um, development is different when you're over I see. 25. Right, so maybe so it's it just the, well it's, the age, it's totally age group, right? Yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. That makes, there's, that makes there's sense. Still, yeah. Brains are still forming in, in you know, uh, teenagers. And they have said that, so that's covered, isn't it, in terms of the warnings? Yeah, but why prescribe it? that age. Oh, to, to your point, why prescribe something to yeah. a seventeen-year-old that is that has a warning that says don't give it to people under seventeen? It might cause them to have suicidal thoughts. Jeez. And also, if you do do that, are you Great somewhat question. responsible if they yeah. then do commit suicide? Like, mm. come on. Um, anyway, so uh, he also said Carter had been subject to involuntary intoxication. Oh, I'm influence. subject to that too. Involuntary Sorry, intoxication that influence, that's being been, around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's, uh-huh. that's me every day. It's involuntary. Yes, so that is what involuntary intoxication influence is. Um, it's actually he'd been subject to, sorry, she had been subject to involuntary intoxication meaning that she didn't know right from wrong due to the medication's influence. It's worth noting that involuntary intoxication is a legal term, not an official mental health term listed in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. I thought you were making it up. So, Well, the lawyer possibly is because it's a legal term, not a medical term. You need involuntary. Yes, exactly right. Intoxication. Involuntary intoxication. No, well, it means that she hasn't gone and got herself drunk and therefore no. can't tell right from wrong. She's got drunk on the drugs, not drunk, but yes, into- the, the mean, intoxication yeah, yeah. in her system is caused yeah. by drugs. It's involuntary because she didn't sign up for that yes. side effect. Got it. Yes, but it's a legal definition, not a medical one, which I'm not sure that a legal definition trumps medical definitions when it comes to medical terminology. Carter's parents agreed with Bregan. Um, I am convinced the medication she was taking affected her mental state, which made it difficult for her to distinguish between right and wrong, her dad wrote in a character statement submitted to the court. I shouldn't imagine that would hold a whole lot of weight, would it necessarily, that your dad supports you and says, yeah, she was totally different, but we still let her have it and we still, after the fact... It's, hard, isn't it? it's really, yeah, it's really interesting because if they're putting her on new medication and the box says it could yeah. have suicidal effects and it's taken, what, April, May, July, June, yeah. Yeah. so three to four months, I just wonder what the obligation of the people who are looking after her while she's in that state are. And, and is it that she was just incredibly good at hiding the effects of the drugs because that could also be a thing or is it that you know they weren't paying enough attention and and mm. there's no right or wrong to that I, I guess it's just a matter of circumstance but but certainly in the the girl from Plainville the parents looked like they were very okay. loving and but very caring you, so, so earlier you um, said that no one knew who Conrad was you know in, in relation to her relationship with him so there yes. is a question about yes. whether or not 
anyone's aware of how that medication is affecting her to affect someone else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Correct. But that's the hard thing. That's why she could have actually hid it from her parents because she's not necessarily suicidal herself, but been acting that out with Conrad. So almost two sort of personalities, one when she's texting Conrad and one when she's living her life with her parents. Because I'm sure she doesn't want her parents to think that there's something wrong with her. So she's probably trying to put a, a brave face on. So Carter had also dealt... Sorry, gosh, did I say Carter or did I, I say Carter? Carla? You said Carter, Carter. but have a drink, have a drink anyway. <laughs> Thanks. I'm glad, you, I'm glad you were all listening to me because I clearly wasn't. Carter had also dealt with an eating disorder. Her friend from high school, Samantha Boardman, said in court that Carter had confided in her when she was struggling. I watched out for her, she was, uh, for what she was eating. Carter would text Boardman when she was having a hard time or resorting to self-harm, according to Oxygen. I'm having a mental breakdown, she sent one day. What's wrong, Boardman replied. Have you hurt yourself today? Michelle, you can talk to me. I was doing okay and then I had pasta for dinner and I completely lost it. I got so much anxiety, I didn't know what else to do, Carter replied, adding that she needed to get that knife out of my house. Eventually, Carter was diagnosed with anorexia and was sent to a clinic to receive treatment. So importantly, that part isn't during that April to July period. So that's just a, another yeah, issue. Yeah, I, I think she, you said that she'd been diagnosed as having an eating disorder when she was quite young. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. So as we know, Roy suffered from depression. Uh, he tried to take his own life once before by swallowing a bottle of pills. After Carter left the clinic, she told Roy to consider getting treatment, admitting that the program had helped her. Michelle had tried to counsel him and be there for him and listen to him and understand what he was going through. And then two months prior to his death, a switch was flipped. This is when uh -huh. she started encouraging him. Uh, so this is going into the case now, so Commonwealth versus Michelle Carter. So Michelle Carter was indicted on February the 4th, 2015, and arraigned the following day. So it took quite some time. Mm -hmm. So he died in July and she was arraigned in uh, February. There was a quite a period where they didn't even know that she had been texting him. So this is where in The Girl from Plainville she was very much, she, she has a fundraiser for, for Conrad, um, albeit in Plainville, not in his town of... Massapoise, Massapoise, I think it was. So it was all very odd that she had the fundraise in her town, not his. And his best friend was saying, "Why are you having it there?" Them? Like, how did they connect her to him? There was a detective who wasn't defective. There was also mm, a, a policeman who was very defective. Yep. So he just started asking some questions, and they got his phone and they Textbook. saw that everything all the text messages on his phone were deleted apart from some to michelle on that day but nothing incriminating so everything prior had been deleted by him and there was so he basically wow. deleted all of his text history and then had a couple of texts with carter and you that's suspicious mm. and so they started looking into it then they managed to download the rest of the texts from his phone and start to see a whole lot of texts coming from Carter. This is why so I don't connect to the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because you try to encourage, when I delete, are you a death coach? No, but when I delete SMSs, they're deleted. They're not coming back to get me. But I'm wondering why <laughs> you want that. Is it because 
Is it about your clown passions or is it about your uh, cannibalistic ways? Yeah, so, yeah, soap making. The things. About all sorts bit. of things. But that's why yes. I delete them so that no one knows what they're about. If <laughs> if anyone who is very good with technology is listening, can you please connect Schmidt's phone to the cloud? <laughs> it may save someone or it may at least catch a killer. So uh, her charge was involuntary manslaughter. Uh, the grand jury found enough to charge her with wantonly and recklessly assisting the suicide. Uh, she was 17 at the time and the court indicted her as a youthful offender rather than a juvenile, meaning she could be sentenced Ooh. as an adult. Involuntary manslaughter is interesting because it wasn't involuntary. I'm sure yeah, it's a the, legal the, thing, but yeah. I, I, the whole case is kind of fascinating because I have read elsewhere that it says assisting suicide is not a crime. So the grand jury found enough evidence to charge her with wantonly and recklessly assisting the suicide. So that the... the Assisting bit isn't a crime. And as we discuss this, you'll find out. Well, technically she didn't even assist it. You know, like, yeah, Yeah. because she wasn't there. And therefore, therefore, what is the crime? Yeah. And there's a really interesting part that will come out Mm -hmm. soon that will explain all of that. In June 2015, a district court judge denied a defence motion to remove the Bristol County District Attorney's Office from the prosecution. The defence argued that the DA... Thomas Quinn III, so more succession, should be removed because he is the first cousin to Roy's grandmother, Janice Roy, and therefore Conrad's first cousin twice removed. Yeah, However, but isn't Quinn, anyone, everyone in the area someone's first cousin twice removed? I can't talk factually to that question. <laughs> Try by why, and I'm going to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> well played. <laughs> However, Quinn had already handed the case over to his deputy, DA William McCauley, so that's why the judge went. Irrelevant. On July the 1st, 2016, an appeal to the grand jury indictment heard by the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court was also denied, allowing the case to go forward. Justice Robert J. Cordy, writing for the unanimous court, found there was probable cause to sustain the manslaughter indictment. On Monday, June the 5th, 2017, the day before the trial was scheduled to begin, Carter waived her right to a jury trial. Therefore, the case was heard by Judge Lawrence Moniz in the Bristol County Juvenile Court of Massachusetts in Taunton. Carter was represented by Joseph P. Cataldo and Corey Madeira. As there were limited legal precedent for prosecuting the encouragement of suicide, Cataldo initially asked a Taunton juvenile court judge for summary dismissal, arguing that Carter's texts were protected under the First Amendment and that the text history showed that Roy had been contemplating suicide without Carter's input. The judge declined this motion. So on the 16th of July 2017, Judge Lawrence Moniz of the Bristol County Juvenile Court found Carter guilty of involuntary manslaughter. He stated prior to his ruling that it was Carter's phone calls with Roy when he was in his truck gassing himself, as described by Carter's texts to friends. So she actually texted her friend saying that she had an opportunity to talk him out of it, rather than preceding text messages that caused him to go through with killing himself. Sorry, so the the record of that is, can they see on her phone that she had called him or he'd called her at that time? She sent, yeah, so there's definitely a um, period okay. where they have a conversation. Uh, they don't have no. the detail of that. However, she did text a friend and say that she had an opportunity to talk him out of it but didn't. And is she saying, I don't know if I'm going to, is she saying that to the friend in the context of, you know, is she comfortable with the fact that she didn't discourage him? Like is she sort of not bragging but, you know, is she sort of stating that or yeah. is she 
upset and saying I had the opportunity and I, I you know I let it I let it slip through my fingers like what which way she presented yeah it. yeah so so in the yeah. girl from Plainville she plays this the, the the character is incredible in that she can be very upbeat loving you know blah 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 and then she has these sort of crashes where she's very anxious and it was in one of those moments right. where she texted her friend then they caught up in the library um yeah. i don't know a couple of days later or whatever and she said now that text what was that all about she goes ah oh, don't worry I, I shouldn't have sent it you know and, and sort right. of played it right down okay so uh, it was concluded that carter had a duty to alleviate the risk this alleged failure caused the death of mr roy and she was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter i'm going to skip a little bit of this and just talk about what i understand happened on that day so when he was in the truck and he was gassing himself, they, I think, were still texting each other a little bit. He ended up getting out of the truck and going, oh. I can't go through with it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they had a conversation. And her text that she sent to her friend said, I could have stopped it. I was on the phone with him and he got out of the car because it was working and he got scared. And I told him to get back in. So that's yeah, but, the bit. Yeah, but if you if you go with the whole idea that her brain has been affected by the medication, of course she's going to keep going. She hasn't got off the medication. So that's her frame of mind is to say you got to you got to do it. You got to do it. Got to do it. We we can we can look at that and go that's terrible. And yes, legally you can look at it and say that's not what you should have done. But if part of her defence is that she wasn't really within her own right mind, then then that sure. still holds. It's not like it changed suddenly because the situation became real. No, no, but that, that bit is crucial in that the other bits aren't necessarily going to get her convicted because yeah, she's, she's just encouraging him or su yeah. supporting him on his journey. He's gone, I don't want to do it, I'm, I'm out. And she goes, bullshit, mate, get back in and do it again. She's good at her job. So that's where she had an opportunity, She did, right to the end, she had an opportunity to ask for help. And so this this is the legal part, right? Is is that the bit? And then, of course, Schmitty, what you're talking about is her defence against that. But if someone is going to commit or is saying they're going to commit suicide and they say, actually, I'm not going to do it, you can either go, fantastic, let's get you some help, or you go, Bullshit, get back in there and finish it off. Bullshit, get back in the car because she's been saying get in the car for three months. Sure, but but that's that's the bit that she where she had an opportunity oh, to yeah, go. Yeah, but she had an opportunity for three months to not no, tell no, him if, to kill if, himself. If he's saying he wants to do it, she's supporting him. If he says, I'm not going to do it, and she says, no, mate, get back in the car, all right. that's that's the legal yeah, bit right, where I she crosses okay. the line. Right. Ultimately, right. that yeah, yeah. in. And, and so that's that's important in the context of the of legal the law. case. Yeah, okay, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah. So after the guilty verdict, Roy's father stated publicly that the family were pleased with a verdict but they wanted privacy and time to process the events they have experienced. Uh, Lynn Roy appeared on CBS saying she didn't believe Carter had a conscience and that she knew exactly what she was doing. Carter remained free on bail pending her sentence on August the 3rd, 2017. She was sentenced to serve two and a half year term with 15 months to be served in the Bristol County House of Corrections, the rest of the balance suspended, and five years of probation to be served. Soon after the sentence was handed down, Carter's lawyers asked the judge to issue a stay of the sentence until 
all of Carter's Massachusetts Court Appeals options are exhausted. Judge Moniz granted the stay with conditions that Carter stay away from the Roy family. Can you family. just explain to me what that means? I don't really um, know what... What does that mean? That she... Don't send her to jail until we've done all the appeals and we've we've exhausted yeah, all opportunity yeah. to so, keep her out so of So she got two and a half years uh, with a 15-month minimum right. and five years probation. Uh, however, because there's a whole lot yes. of appeals that she can go through, they said, can you stay the um, Don't put her sentence? in jail, yeah. Until she's exhausted so where is she all of during those that period? appeals. At home, yeah. At oh, home. really? At home? Oh, gosh. Okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. So on February the 6th, 2019, uh, the Massachusetts Supreme Court ruled that Carter acted with criminal intent when she encouraged Roy into suicide. So her involuntary manslaughter conviction was ordered uh-huh. to stand and that Carter's 15-month prison sentence would be enforced in the near future. The rest of the two-and-a-half-year sentence was suspended, followed by five years of probation. Under order from Massachusetts judge, Carter began serving her 15-month sentence on February the 11th, 2019. She had requested a parole hearing for early release, but the parole board denied the request on September 20. Meanwhile, Carter's lawyers petitioned the case to the Supreme Court of the United States in July 2019, based upon the First Amendment and Fifth Amendment grounds. Carter's defence lawyers argued that Roy had a history of suicide attempts and the decision to end his life was his own, that Carter was bewildered over the case against her and that taking all the texts in context, she tried to talk him out of it. They argued in initial hearings that the defendant had broken no law and had a First Amendment right to free speech and that at the time she was a juvenile. The Supreme Court declined to hear the case in January 2020, leaving in place a Massachusetts Supreme Court conviction. On January 23rd, 2020, Carter was released early from prison more than three months before her sentence ended due to good conduct. So she served 11 months roughly, yeah. Massachusetts uh, state law allows inmates to reduce their sentence by 10 days per month for exemplary behaviour. That's Carter quite a lot. served 11 months and 12 days. It is a lot, isn't it? That's like a third, yeah. 30% a discount. Silly. Not bog off. Yeah, but, yeah. Know, my favourite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, an interesting case in that I think, you know, there, there is that bit where she actually had a real opportunity to talk him out of it and go, yep, let's let's get you some help. And then I think, Schmidty, to your point around the the way that she was behaving based on the the medication and the frame of mind, it seems like, you know, an 11 months and 12 days is a very minor sentence for manslaughter. Um, and I guess that's been taken into account through the whole thing. The last bit I want to talk to you about before we discuss is uh, just the legal repercussions. So some expected the case to set a legal precedent regarding whether it's a crime to tell someone to commit suicide. Sanchez and Lance, who were from CNN, stated that the ruling may spur lawmakers to codify the behaviour highlighted in the case as criminal. The judge had noted that Carter had willed Roy's death, that she did not order him out of the trial and that her actions put him in that toxic environment which constituted reckless conduct and that the conduct caused the death of Mr Roy. Whilst US law does not allow the lower court decision to bind other courts, legal professionals believe it could have a social effect by raising other courts' attention to new digital methods of committing crimes. 
The case also attempts to redefine the social spectrum in which attitudes and behaviours would qualify as criminal that were not considered criminal before. So that's the case that I wanted to present. I guess what I'm what I'm really interested in talking about with you all is just that whole notion of mental health, of medication, of actions that come from medication and responsibility based on that. Also, if you look at that in the context of crimes that occur while people are under the influence of drugs that are not legally prescribed, there's there's almost some parallels there. Just interested in your thoughts on on all of that. Discuss. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Clark. It's a tricky <laughs> one because there's a part of me thinking, I hate to sound a bit like you in previous episodes, but I don't see where the crime is here. I mean, I get that what she did was wrong. But I also am not sure that she was in her right mind, so I'm not I'm not on her mother's I'm sorry on Roy's side mother's side saying oh she's callous and you know like if she's in, if she has she's been affected by a drug that the manufacturers say can have this effect. It's not like she's taken paracetamol and there's no evidence that paracetamol will make you want, tell someone else to kill themselves. She's taking something that can. Uh, create suicidal ideation, whether for herself or for someone else. So you can, you can, I accept that the drug probably had an impact on her and on him because he was taking it too. You know, you've got this sort of shared hysteria kind of thing happening there. I think legally it's really tricky because I get your point about there's a moment where she should have said, get him out of the car or get out of the car or stay out of the car. But, you know, for three months she's been convincing him and convincing herself that this is the right way to go. That, that last moment. It's not going to set it over, you know. Like she's not going to suddenly change her mind if that if she's so influenced. You you made a comment that sounded like because she committed um, and had been found guilty of manslaughter, eleven months wasn't enough. I, I just I don't think it's comparable. I don't think this case is comparable to a hit and run or something, which is you know similarly uh, manslaughter where you where you hit someone by accident and you kill them by accident and then you drive away. You're like I just don't think it's comparable. Um, so it is really tricky, it's a, and and you haven't got into it, but there's a question about the responsibility of the people who were actually prescribing this medication to both of them. You know that hasn't come up in the case. So I fully expected it to from the beginning when you started talking about mm. the, the the drug, which is what's the name of the drug again? Because I keep thinking about Cialis, which is actually like Viagra. <laughs> it sounds like Cialis, but it's, it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's uh... Celebrex. No, that's. Uh... It's it's very similar to that. It's um, it's citalopram is the, the real um, medication. Yeah. I think the it's brand the that yeah. she was taking was Silex. Silex, there you go. Um, Cross between Alexa. C L E X. Alexa. 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 With a C. Alexa. Alexa. <laughs> right. Okay. Mm, yeah. No. I, I I find it actually quite difficult but I, I am surprised that the well actually you can't really go for the manufacturers they've warned they've said don't use these others Correct. so it's not the manufacturer's yeah, yeah. fault so it's whomever has been um, prescribing this medication and not following then the ongoing behavior of both of them because if she I'm going to assume she was in some form of therapy she you know she's she's had multiple issues she's prescribed this drug by someone who's allowed to prescribe it you would have thought they'd be checking her behaviors to say is there any indication whether she's got suicidal ideation for herself or is projecting that onto someone else? Is there any indication that that's happening? And for those three months, it looks like nothing was monitored. 
I think that's where sort of my head's at. But I wonder, you know, what because with a lot of these drugs, you know, it sometimes takes time for, for things to have you know, to do their desired impact. Have an impact. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, even with things I've taken, they're like, oh, if you take them, you know, for my sinus infections, it's a short-term thing, but it's you might you might not be able to sleep or it might be make you irritable. But in the short term, that's like it's yeah. going to happen to you immediately. So I do wonder if there was, I mean, they must have spoken to the psychologists or I don't know who, was it a psychiatrist that prescribed you these kind of um, mental health drugs, but... I don't. I wonder if it had been that we'll see you in three months' time, or we'll see you whatever else. So they may have missed the whole that whole window where she'd changed, and then you come back to sort of you know well, what did her parents see if she was, you know, if she, I imagine most teenagers. What did her parents yeah. see? Because it sounded almost like a manic de- depressive yeah. behaviour that you described in earlier, one way was, where she's yeah. up and she's loving and she's great, and then she's way down. You know, like surely. Something was evident. So bear in mind that she had been to counselling, all these Mm. sorts of things. So in some ways that could be dismissed as her being a difficult child. I don't don't think any of it necessarily alludes to her feeling suicidal or her wanting to encourage someone to be suicidal. It's it's a fascinating thing, right, and and this is the space. I I want to say, um, so this, this medication is actually one that I take. And so it's it's interesting. I never knew that for people who were younger, it's a medication that could lead to suicidal thoughts. And mm. I wonder why, I understand your point, Schmidt, around them being different brains and that kind of thing, but um, different drugs affect people differently. Mm-hmm. And so that that's not something that was ever pointed out to me. Um, granted, I'm not that age gra- bracket, you know, maybe the therefore bracket, yeah. it's very clear that that wouldn't happen. Um but the ongoing monitoring is actually terrible. So mm. in terms well, of you any or kind of your experience? Yeah. Well, so I think in this space it seems to have been, but also for me, there's been nothing. I actually went to the doctor last year to try to change medication. He said, oh, no, we don't take people off medication when it's not working for them. Um, because that's not the right thing to do. Um, what, and I'm what, like, well, yeah, when what, do what, you do it what? then? And, and they said, oh, well, basically if you're on that medication, you just stay on it. I think you might need well, a second nonsense. opinion. <laughs> that's, I'd go to a well, different I did, doctor. I, I did yeah, get I a second opinion it. and the other doctor I mean, no, said, what? Well, nonsense. I mean, if yeah, yeah. that's a defective that's doctor. Yeah. But but the the point is, I think mental health itself is not yeah. very well understood. It's, a, it's an incredibly fast evolving space. I mean, you know, ten years ago we barely spoke about it. Mm. Now everyone knows a mm-hmm. little bit about it. Mm. But I think just the, the point around that monitoring bit is, I don't even think people know what to do with that sort of stuff. You yes. know, there's no right or wrong. There's no expert opinion, and everyone who goes through that, not everyone, a lot of people who go through that want to put on a brave face, want to seem like everything is okay. So you often won't see the bad points or, you know, and and, and poor Michelle's darkest moments were probably in a bedroom with the door Like most teenagers, yeah. With her parents. You know, you're not walking out as a teenager going, oh, mum, let me share this awful thought that I have with you or guess what I've just said to X or guess what Y's just said to me. A lot of it's very much... Mum, can I borrow the kitchen yes. knife? I just want to cut It's all myself. very... Um, mm. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, can you wash it first, honey? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> the other thing, Schmidty, about um, the mum, uh, Lynn said... Lynn, uh, such a mum's name. Lynn. She didn't... Lynn. Yeah, it is, isn't it? She said she didn't believe Carter had a conscience had and remorse, that she knew exactly yeah. what she was doing. Yeah. 
I actually agree with that. If I if I can ag- accept that the change of medication changed the way that she felt, I'm happy to go. I can go say with for the, the three that, months that's right. I can say that correct. But but take her off that medication, will she still respond the same way? Absolutely, and that that's exactly it, right? And that that's the point I wanted to make around non-prescribed drugs. So if you take ice, for instance, and you do something whilst you're under the influence of ice, are you responsible? And and I think a lot of times we see people get lesser sentences because they were on drugs or because of whatever. And it's... It's, it's about diminish, diminished accountability. But I think... But, but why are you well, on drugs? It? Why are you on ice? And and if you... Yeah, if you make a decision why to do get you onto that heroin? stuff... Yeah, yeah, but, but, but the people who go on to those drugs are not necessarily taking, like taking a, well, well, what's what, I'm, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that they're not necessarily responding in a fashion that suggests that they're fully rational in the first place. So, you know, it may be that they have a mental health issue or they are seeking some escape from something and so they go on to these drugs. It's absolutely It's all part that. of the yeah, same yeah. problem um, or a similar problem. It's just is the drug prescribed to you or is it something that you've managed to source for yourself? Yeah, and, and if you take it yourself, if you, so if you take a an illicit drug yourself, I think you're responsible for what happens after that. And and it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have a level of empathy towards you because you've had to be in that situation in the first point, but you're responsible for that. In the case of Melissa, Michelle, who is Michelle. 17. Gary. Correct, Michelle, Gary, Elaine Page. <laughs> Um, I've, I've always called her, yeah, even even when we were watching oh. the girl from Plainville and she introduced herself, herself as Michelle, I'm like, hey, I'm not oh. Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> so all the way through this, uh, through my whole research, oh my I've thought of her as Melissa. Anyway. <laughs> but, but so she's 17 and she's being prescribed something that she should have no knowledge about. Mm-hmm. On the box it has a warning that this drug, if it's prescribed to someone of that age, could have suicidal tendencies or could lead to that. Oh, it, it's it's just something where I feel like, yes, of course she had no empathy and, and was um, trying to you know, get him to do it. She knew exactly what she was doing, but her brain patterns would have been completely adjusted by the drugs she was taking that somebody said sure take this i understand there's a risk of suicide i understand there's a risk of suicide as the one prescribing it to you that should make you better you you would like to think in this instance that there is a constant rechecking of things and and um here's the survey that we give you at two weeks and here's the survey that we give you at a month and all of that The, the problem is there's none of that and 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 you know, mental health is not well enough understood and it's not linear, so you can't do that. But, yeah, really, really challenging, I think. Can I ask a question? Is there any perceived upside for Carter in this? And, and well, if there dead, is, so no. She. Oh, no, And, and if sorry. not... <laughs> yeah. Melissa or Michelle? Melissa. That's why I went with Carter, yeah. to be sure. Right. Um, <laughs> if there is, If there is no conceivable upside for her, you'd have to conclude that she was doing what she thought was best for this guy. Yeah, so what's in it for her? Yeah. What's her motivation? Uh, well, this is the thing, right? So I, I see this in two ways. One is she's 
supporting him to do what he wants to do, which could possibly be that um, I'm a really good friend and I know how much he wants this. I I know sometimes I want this myself, therefore I'm going to help him do it because it's what he really wants. The other bit that it could also be in my head is she has those suicidal tendencies and she's found someone that she can carry those out with without actually impacting herself. And it's just a different look at the same situation. And I'm not saying that's what it is, but it could be that. It's it's really interesting. Is she just being the, the supporting friend, uh, albeit misguided because of the drug she's on? Or is there some kind of an outlet for her because she's taking this medication that makes her have these thoughts and she's got someone that she can just text and, and it's almost a conduit for her to, to go through those um, without impacting herself? Neither of which I think is her responsibility, by the way. I'm, yeah, Tony, I don't know the answer. I'm intrigued by what happened after he committed suicide in terms of what did she think would happen to her? Did she think that because she hadn't shared the relationship, say, with her parents or whatever else, did she think it would simply be a case of he would die and would there be a connection made to her? Like if she did the fundraising, I'm just a bit confused as to... I don't think she thought she was committing a crime. Okay. I think Clarkey raised that, that she was surprised uh, that she was being held accountable for any of it. Okay. She didn't need to so hide she wasn't, okay. the fact that she had a connection to okay. him. Interesting that he deleted all of those texts, yeah. though. That That is interesting. I did read somewhere that she had told him that that's what he should do. <sighs> that, for me, changes the whole story. That turns into... Yep. Actually, I do think yeah. I'm doing the wrong thing. I, I, yeah, I am. I am doing the wrong thing. I am pushing you to kill yourself. That for me, that that little nugget there is the bit that questions whether or not she was just affected by drugs and didn't think it yes. was. She was just helping someone. She was doing the right thing. She was being a friend versus manslaughter, or or actually worse than manslaughter in some ways. I would also Murder. possibly she. If you go back to that, I'm supporting a friend to do what he wants to do because he can't cope anymore. I'll do what I can to help you, but I know that the law might think that I've done the wrong thing. And I think, you know, in a country like Australia where we're only just going through euthanasia laws, so some states have um, euthanasia as being legal, others don't, if you assisted someone to die when it wasn't legal, you're doing the wrong thing. But are you? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, even so, in, even in in Victoria, if you assist someone to die without three doctors signing it off, and the doctor has to do it, not you. Yes, that's yeah, illegal. Yeah. yeah, you know. And so what I'm saying is, she could also have known that it was illegal or not okay, but but also felt that it was right for him. Mm. It, it's hard, it's really right? Murky, it's really yeah. Yeah, it really is. It, it's it's just this whole space that you can't get clarity on, and you can't. It's not black and white. It's hard, hard to find the thing to cling to that's going to make it. Just it just raises more questions than answers clear. me. That's for sure. It feels. I don't know. This it's confusing, really. It's a tough one. I I think I know where I'm going to go with it, though. I think I've decided. In in the um, interestingly the the three episodes that we watched of the girl from Plainville, she was almost being painted as quite manipulative I think so post his death it was all about her and how did this make her feel better and her look better and make her closer to her friends but is that the way she was presenting herself 
or her is character. That how the makers of that show have made her look. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I, I don't know. That's where I. That's where that's I sort where of need a bit more sort of colour. Is what was what was she like after the fact? Because that's when I sort of think, okay, so you achieved what well, I don't know if it's what you wanted or, but Conrad has killed himself, and I, I just would like to know more about how you know it's, it feels like in the series they're painting it out. They're painting her as someone who's a little bit um, well, she's quite comfortable with what's happened. It wasn't that she was she mourning or was she. Yeah. You know, did she was she crazy? It's almost like she was injecting How herself. Did she react? Then back into their lives and the, his family's really? lives. Yeah, so she was in, in. So she was trying to get very close to the family. That she How did she go before. about that? Like turned up. Oh at the right, funeral, okay. Um, texted the mum. And did she say that she but, was his girlfriend, the, guess, or did she say that we're friends, or did? Yes. Ah. Yes, and they were going to get married. Oh, and, and she she actually made some stuff up yeah. as well, I according see. to the, the girl from Plainville. So, yeah. but again, mental health issues yeah. and yeah. whatnot. It, it's kind of hard to to understand. Yeah. But what the, I guess the bit that that makes it to me it kind of sums Gail, up the way she dealt Gail with it. Newell and and Chloe got engaged, never even met each other. So yeah, yeah, we don't know. At least these people met one another. Yeah. And whilst we know about lots and lots of text messages between them in terms of pushing this agenda, you know, for all you know, she did invent that they were a couple. She did invent all that in her head. Yeah, so so he his parents had separated. He committed suicide whilst he was living with his mum and he wrote two notes. One was to his dad and one was to Michelle. Not So he didn't write one oh, to his mum. I'm just, I'm just, I should have said it earlier, yeah. but I've been letting it go. The correct term is died by suicide or kill themselves. Apparently committed suicide is no longer a correct term. I have heard that. So it okay. just just for the PC police no, out there I've who heard, are going to tell I've us heard off, that. It, yep. it's uh, died by suicide. Sorry. Good old. Um, I, I promise you I'll get that wrong again. I know, I know, but, but I'm just making the point that I've said it, so please don't tell us we know. Well, we know now. <laughs> we know now, yes. So the the bit though that I think sums up her state of mind yeah. after it, again is coming from the the girl from Plainville. So she did the fundraiser in her town, not in his. And her his her. best friend said to her, "We should be having it here because that's yeah. where he lived." And and she said, "No, no, but then my friends and family won't be able to come." And he said, "Well, he never even met your friends and family." Mm. But so the fundraiser was all about her, yeah. And it feels like post death in that series, his death is all about her and and what it will do for her rather than him. And that's when I come back to: was she committing suicide vicariously through him? Because sometimes they say about people who uh, want to die by suicide, is that better, Schmidty? Yes, thank you. Yeah, that it's about feeling significant or, or making people realise what they're going to miss afterwards. And and that's a really challenging thing, I think, to understand. But she could, could literally sit there and go, now that he's gone, look at how everyone responds and then try to inject herself into the centre of that to get that attention. It, it's... It's kind of odd, and I, and it's not fair to say it's manipulative, but that's probably the headspace that she's in, where maybe she doesn't feel loved and appreciated, and and this is an opportunity for her to get some of that. Get some of that. But... Yeah, but it's like Munchausen's and Munchausen's by proxy. 
like there's there's a lot of um, mental health disorders where people's response to things is about trying to get the attention on themselves. So it's it's not that odd. Uh, is all I'm is what I'm saying. It's this idea of her trying to glean the attention or. Maybe that wasn't her initial intention, but it became something that was mm. that was good a for like, yeah, felt yeah. good for her. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Particularly with the medication change, where she's gone from going "Don't do it, don't do it" to "Yeah, mm. let's do it." Mm. Anyway, okay. there you go. Well, that was well explored. Even though I don't think we're any clearer, but I don't think we'll ever be because it's yeah. a really it's a mucky one. But I do have a sense if you two would uh, grant me the honour <laughs> of going first. Absolutely. It's not. It's not really a sentence. It's more a. Um, I reckon we're going to have the same wine. It's more just Let's a. See. Yeah, I, look, it's a trial by yeah. wine thing. You know, I think we found this somewhere else. I can't remember who it was, but there's a little pocket of trial by wine where there are rainbows and unicorns and sunshine all the time. Not in a way that's you know tormenting. It does you know like not that not mm. the, there's never darkness and you never sleep. You know, there's a nice part of trial by wine where we send people who missed out on on having the life that really in other circumstances they deserved. And I think particularly for Conrad Roy, I would like him to go there where he can not feel anxious and not have the pressures of whatever. Like, like, you know, he was, for all tick boxes, he was successful. And obviously that created a great deal of anxiety and stress for him. And so I'd like him to go somewhere where he's happy. And I actually would like for our mate Melissa Michelle also to go there and and live a life that didn't have any of this happen and also didn't have the extensive uh, mental health issues that she obviously has including the uh, anorexia and all the rest of it and the cutting the self-harming and all of it you know so I just they're just young kids and I think that it would be I want to send them somewhere where we can not have them have gone through this uh, at all Uh, uh, because it's a shame it's a real shame so that's me. All right. Very good. Very good. Carla. I'm going to take a slightly different tact and it's mainly because I don't I don't feel very comfortable good. talking about well mental health with young people is a really sensitive mm. area and I'm in no position to mm-hmm. really comment it. So I think what I would say is if there was something that I think that would help would be the the people who are prescribing and who are um, helping people with mental health issues. I think that you know, there's these drugs can do amazing things and really have wonderful impacts on people's lives and really change them for the better. So this may be a situation where it worked in the opposite way and it had, you know, a, a, a terrible outcome, had an adverse reaction, if we are to believe that that's what had happened with Michelle. But I think it's just um, due diligence in making sure that the people that are on these medications are, you know, really looked looked after, looked out for, and that there are checks and balances where things are, where, you know, it's not, you know, my fear is that with a teenager at home, you can kind of, you know what we were like when we were younger, you can hide lots of things. And now with everything happening online, they can say and do whatever they like. But I think that the the medical industry needs to be really mindful of that and try and find ways that they can be really speaking to young people about what's really happening in their lives when they're on these medications. So I don't know. I don't know if with Michelle, she was seeing someone in that period of those few months. We don't suppose we'll ever know that. But that would be my only recommendation is that you know, make sure that these people are not just sent off merrily on their way with these really very serious drugs and then, you know, left to deal with it. They need to be monitored closely, which this feels more like a bloody 
you know, public service announcement. And I'm sorry about that. It doesn't feel very trial by wine. Sorry, yeah. it feels a bit heavy. I'm not, I don't mean yeah, look, for it to um, be. I just don't want to be flippant about it. That's all. Uh, yeah, which yeah. we have. I just think that in this day and age, we jump to medication really quickly as well. Yes. Not to say that these kids didn't need no. it, but I've listened to lots of podcasts from, particularly from the people US, in America. Yeah, yeah. They're very happy to medicate. And it's incredible. Yeah. We're so happy to medicate, like straight on it. And not to say that for some people that's not a really good idea and very yeah. helpful, but I've, I, as you know, I do a bit of community theatre. Oh, you may have mentioned that. Al- almost every kid in there <laughs> yeah. said at one point or the other that they are aspergic yeah. or they're, they're this. They're all yeah, labelled yeah. and they're all being told you're this, you're in this bucket, you're in this thing, they're on, dr- they're on yeah. antidepressant. And I'm just like, you know, in my day you were just odd and you went to theatre and you were, you know, like you just, I'm sure I would have been labelled all of those things when yeah, I was 17 yeah. and yes. yet didn't go through that. So I'm not saying that it's all wrong, but I think we're really quick It's very tricky territory. To shove it? someone yep. on drugs, yeah, put them on drugs, call them something, and once you tell someone that's You're what labeled, they are, yeah. that stays yeah. with them. Yeah. Anyway, it's that's very, just that, that's it's very, my week. Complicated territory, and I think things. that we're behind the US in terms of, and thankfully so. I I, I'm okay I don't with think that, that yeah, we yeah. are. I mean, yes, and, and, I th- and that's not a young person. I think the US too. would, you know, I think they agree that they have a, a prescription drug problem. But you know, they're very yeah, they happy to prescribe anything. You know, and my my girlfriends are. It's like when I see them in movies, they're the little orange bottles where they shake, you know, the medication in them. And so, you know, they, yeah, yeah. Mm, you know, cap. they open the drug cap. They've got all that stuff, and I'm like, oh, how would you tell what's what? And little tabs for this, that, and the other. And I just don't think we necessarily have mm. grown up in that environment. So I think the counter sort of for us is the fact that we need to get more comfortable with people being medicated in some ways if it's going to be helpful. Whereas that, yeah, it's so beneficial. you know, it's that sort of midway point where it's a yeah, balance. You know, yeah. we're probably one end of the extreme, and the US probably the other, right. and it's finding what's yeah. right for each person in their and their needs. Mm. Anyway, yeah, good chat. Um, well good done. Chat. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and it really is about the chat, <laughs> yeah. right? Um, so a couple of things I wanted to say. One is, um, I guess, in some ways, apologies to Conrad Roy's family because this story is more about Melissa, but <laughs> really, <laughs> Melissa <laughs> slash Michelle. God, I did it again. Carla, no, I, I think I've trumped you. Have this it. Time. I don't know. I think, yeah, no, no, hundred percent. No, no, no Gary's still. <laughs> Gary Gacy. Um, but so, like, this, <laughs> this is Optimus his story, right? He, you know, and, and we haven't explored enough about what went wrong from his side of things and what could have been done more there. So, um, you know, that, that mm. I guess, is a, is a very different story. Um, from Melissa's perspective, I actually did get that wrong but caught myself that time. Um, from Michelle's perspective, I think... You got it um, wrong. What's that? You said Melissa. Yeah, I know. That's what I said. I caught. I, oh, you yeah. didn't I got catch it wrong. I, I heard a full Melissa. I didn't it. catch it. Have... <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, but I, I didn't need you to oh, point right. out that I'd done oh, the wrong thing. Then I actually heard it. Um, <laughs> so, I, look, I, I have a lot of um, empathy for her, given that at the time she changed her medication, her whole space changed. changed yep. So, yeah, I, I think, Schmidty, to your point, um, I would like both of them to spend some time in that part of Trial by Wine world and just get some inner peace. Mm. The, the, there's two things that I struggled with with this case. Um, 
One of them is the uh, judge who refused the defence's request for funds to hire an expert on Selexa. So there is a medication that has a label on it that says that uh, it may increase suicidal thinking and behaviour in those aged under 24. And somebody commits suicide whilst on that medication and somebody else who is also on that medication is encouraging him to commit Mm -hmm. suicide and the judge says that's speculative to think that there may be a connection there. (coughs) Excuse Mm. me. I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. It I shouldn't have been speculative. It should have been there's definitely that's a connection. An opportunity there. gone mm. begging, right? If we don't know a lot about this space, and I'm pretty confident we don't, right there is where we should be exploring that further. So, so to me, that's something that's gone missing. And the other bit is just the doctor who says this drug has a warning on it that says that it may not be good for you and it may lead to these things. Uh, prescribing it in the first place. So I'm not sure whether they had other opportunities to prescribe a different drug. Especially to and, a kid who'd already tried I to... I know. And you think, why do I have parents in, in understanding that and keeping a close exactly, eye? Yep. No, his. But his. Oh, both, actually. He'd already oh, tried yes. to... point taken. Correct. Yes. ...die yeah, by yeah. suicide, yep. and then they put him Tylenol. on a drug that could well cause him to want to die by suicide. It's just... Correct. It's mad. And, and so if... If or that's or the, um, actually, what's the word? Uh, not incompetent. Um, you know, the medical phrase when you are incompetent. Um, incompetent? No, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. Tony's, Tony's trying to think about Mal it. something? Okay. No. Um, yeah, it's like malpractice. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think, you know, that there's re- responsibility sits there with a medical professional who prescribes a drug that may increase suicidal thinking and behaviour to someone who has already tried that and who then follows through and does it. Like that's a, now whether whether that's the fault of that one medical professional because they didn't understand things or whether the whole thing is just not that well understood, I, I don't really know. But I, I would like to think that if you are going to prescribe that drug to somebody who is of that age, you would have some pretty bloody rigorous follow-up to make sure that they're okay. And I don't know what that looks like. And, again, we've discussed that people can hide um, things from from those who are, are looking after them. So, you know, quite possibly they did that anyway. But but there, therein, for me, lies the crime. And yeah, I don't initial have... initial prescription, I think, is the issue. I'm, I'm not going to have a, a really harsh sentence, but I do think, Schmitty, there should be assert three in understanding the effects of Selexa on people under 24 and I would like to... I think it's actually part of your medical training. That's the thing. It's not even assert three. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, no. I want them to go and create it so that it does become a very... Like a licence, like a top-up, a little skill set. No, well, this is their punishment, right? So I want them to have to do assert three that does go for a, a, a very long time and I want them to have to do it online in a very, very boring context And then I want them to put together a recommendation back to the rest of society on what they could have done differently and what they would do differently given their time again because that would waste a whole lot of their time. Hopefully they would give some long, hard thought to what's happened here and what they could have done differently. And then hopefully from the recommendations that they give back to society, we're all better because next time someone goes to do this, they can learn from it. It feels like at the moment... 
We know there was a mistake made. We think it's speculative to investigate that any further and therefore no one's going to learn anything from the death of, of Conrad Roy. Okay. All right. Well, that was uh, a bit of a side turn for us, a bit different, yeah. unusual. I, I like, like it. I like different. It. Mm, I like it. Mm, mm. Thanks. Um, Actually, <laughs> so recommendation, do yep. watch The Girl from Plainville. Uh, I've only seen the three, mm-hmm. but I'm intrigued to see the rest. To how see many how are they... in the series, okay. Kathy? I don't know. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All part of the yeah. mystery. All right. Cool. All right, well, I may, if I get time to do that, have a little squeeze at that. But, yeah, good one. All right. Well, thanks very much, crew, and uh, we made it through our first yeah. coffee slash Kahlua trial by wine in the morning. Uh, so well done, all well of done. us. Also releasing you on yes. time, Swanee, yes. for your day's yes. events. So miss you all already. Ciao. Miss you. Ciao. Bye Love you long time. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening to Trial by Wine. You can contact us at trialbywine at gmail.com. Please rate, review and subscribe to Trial by Wine on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to support us, you can become a patron at www.patreon.com, Trial by Wine. Or visit our website, www.trialbywine.com to donate to us. Your support will help us cover many more cases and apply wacky sentences. We really appreciate you listening and hope you tell everyone about us. Our cover art is by John Christo and music is by Beauchamp from pixabay.com.